waiting for everybody to call in. This is a special Sunday episode because of my guest, and we're waiting for Jill to call in. And Nate, too, but that's Nate. He's always late. So we're waiting for everyone to call in. Oh, idiot, hit the turn. Them on. <laughs> Push the <laughs> button. Uh, hello, hello. I'm on. Hello. Hey, all right. Are, are, are we all on now? You got us all yeah, on? Yeah, we're all on. We got Nate right. King Bong Bradford and <laughs> uh, Jill, who, well, last time she was here, she was just starting her uh go fund me and now she's programming big the one of the biggest festivals all which was Fantasia and she's got her movie on Arrow. She's got a playlist of movies to watch on Arrow. <laughs> Is there That's anything true. you haven't done? <laughs> Um, well, I must correct. I'm only I'm I'm on the jury for Fantasia, which is so freaking exciting. But so not programming, but I got to watch all the like 15 amazing films that they did program, and holy shit, they're awesome. Did you get to see? Uh, we're trying to, we're trying to steal some of them for Knoxville, in fact. Yeah, was uh, Doctor Caligari? Was this your first time seeing it? I actually haven't seen it. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> you ain't. All right. Well, ha- uh, that's all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this interview. I'm done with this interview. <laughs> yeah. That one is the one that I, my jaw dropped when I seen that program. I'm like, what? They're programming that? All right. But, yeah, uh, this Saturday... Central Cinema is showing all three, well, the first three Texas Chainsaw Massacre films was basically an amazing amount of crew. When we first programmed that, Jill, you were the first person that came to my mind. I'm like, oh, man, why isn't Jill going to program it? I mean, host it. Well... You you just had to wait a few more days to find out that I was in fact coming down for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I yeah, then like I had a... to convince William. I had to convince William that of course, like, well, then we we got to show the stylist that weekend at Central Cinema also. Yeah. <laughs> so it's playing Saturday showing and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, and Saturday you yeah. can make a whole day of it. Yeah, you can watch Silas and then the Chainsaw Triple Feature. Yeah. And party with me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, Nate, she is like the biggest 
TCM fan did I know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have to be honest. The only film that I'm familiar with of yours is The Stylist. Uh, that's the only... Um, well, she's done... That's her first feature. The rest are her shorts, which yes, I yes, was my only feature. Why didn't you get all your shorts up on arrows uh, like uh, Brian did to go with the stylist? I'm not sure. We, we really haven't discussed it. Why? Well, they're all kind of they're all on altar in so many places. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That that's how Stephen. Uh, uh, introduced me to you originally is he sent me uh, the short version of the stylist, and then yeah. when you did the th- then when you did the feature version, he alerted me to that that you had that the, that you had made it into a feature. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I think you have a very uh, you know you have a very original style, a very original voice. Um, I enjoyed it, uh, but as I said, those are the only things I'm familiar with. Uh, of yours is just the short film and and the feature film of the stylist. Um, so how, how how did that come about as an idea? How did how did you come up with that as an idea? Was that something? Did you actually work uh, as a stylist uh, before you started directing, or was this just yeah, a, actually, something that you just? I'm still I'm still a hairstylist actually, and so that is where it came from. I, just one day I was like, how the hell is there not already? a slasher movie about a hairstylist. And that's where it all <laughs> right? <laughs> There's so right? much of Jill in that movie, Nate, that her, the dog in the movie is it's her dog. dog. <laughs> yeah, the How is he dealing with being a... I work in, too. Yeah. How is your dog <laughs> dealing with being a famous movie star now? Has it got the star um, attitude yet? I think she's always had that attitude, but I, yeah, I don't even know if she, she's aware. I'm always telling her she's in a movie, and I don't know if she knows or has any idea. <laughs> so what what I'm really interested about uh, in your film is the uh, the color palette. Um, what, did you draw inspiration from another director or other directors from that, or was that just something that kind of goes along with your whole ideal, I mean, if you're a, you know, you say hairstylist, but I mean, style is style, you know, you, you, you know, you, if you, you know, yeah. if, if you're interested in style, you're interested in all the aspects of it. Uh, was there any particular influences that you drew for that color palette or was that just something you kind of dreamed up on your own? Well, part of it kind of happened naturally. And then we built from there, like, the color palette around Claire's life specifically kind of started in the short film. And it, I fell in love with the idea of her wearing yellow. And I remember Googling you like, what is a redhead looking like a mustard yellow dress? And I fell in love with it. And right. it, it always, it connected with this idea that I always had that, that Claire um, kind of looks like she's from another time. And so just connect this idea that like her palette would be very specific so that she looks like out of place in the real world. Like her, her palette's the seventies, like all these muted browns and yellows and oranges. But then we have 
a clashing color palette for other main character, you know, played by Bria Grant. Her colors are like purple and blue and white and pink and all cool colors that are very modern and sleek. So I really like wanted to create this like clear opposite thing with the two characters and really mm-hmm. beyond that, like Claire and the whole world. So like when she's walking down the street or in the coffee shop, she really stands out like, you know, just with her whole color palette. But I've always been obsessed. I found all those color palettes and like, you know, really putting thought into that via being inspired by David Fincher and his thinking with that and like learning that, you know, color palette can have meaning versus just being aesthetic. And I learned that in his film Zodiac. And I was like, wow, it's such a cool, you know, it can be more than just, it looks good. It can have like real deep intention and meaning. And um, so I just kind of, with all my stuff, I geek out about like creating very specific color palettes. But with this, we really, really leaned into it. And, you know, with a movie called The Stylist, we wanted it to be like hyper stylish. And that's kind of the kind of work I'm interested in visually. And, uh, you know, we just went crazy with it. We, and like kind of most of the, the core creative team from the short came back for the feature. So my production designer, she's been thinking about these colors and this shit for like five years between making the films and, in hindsight we like we hid from that so much because it's like we all been thinking about it for so long but we're major geeks about the color and yeah i think it's also because i always think about color with hair and i'm yeah i'm way into the designing of the film that whole the whole process jill how hard was it to get all of the women that are in the movie to appear without makeup the way they do it when we first see them. What do you mean? Uh, like, uh, Bree, she is like, you saw her no makeup on, uh, her natural look with the flaws of the character before they put on their makeup and put on the faces that, uh, Claire is jealous of. Um, really, I don't encounter any push back on that I think most artists and performers want to be especially women portrayed at like women shouldn't be made up more than men as far as performers in my perspective we you know unless that's kind of the aesthetic of the film like everyone's supposed to be like hyper beautiful and um with filmmaking, like it's opposite of theater, you can see everything through a camera. So like you can see the texture of makeup, which I don't like. And it's it's like, I like to use very minimal makeup just in general on actors. But especially after that scene, you're talking about where Bria and Najara pop up in the camera. They're like washing their faces in split screen. Um, Mm -hmm. We still do, we still do minimal stuff to them because everyone wants to look flattering, even when we're trying to make people look natural. I know what that's like. <laughs> no, yeah, I I, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. Like I um I when I'm watching a movie and the makeup is noticeable. I mean, okay, if we're talking about like the Joker in the Dark Knight or something, of course, they, yeah, there's going to yeah. be visible makeup, but. But when we're just talking about someone trying to look natural, it does distract from me when you can clearly see their natural skin through the layers of makeup just because they're trying, 
you know, trying to look more. And, and, and I agree with what you said. Um, you know, it, it, it's the same for both men and women. If you can still see the, the flaws in their skin underneath the makeup, then it really just distracts. Like what's the point of putting on layers yeah. of makeup? If just, just, just show their natural skin, you know, I mean, everyone, I, I'm 50 years old and I still have zits. I mean, you know, like, uh, I'm not yeah. ashamed. It's, it's just my skin, you know, it's the skin I live in, you know? <laughs> well, I love about it because uh, Claire is jealous of these women. She cannot see, she sees the beauty in them that she cannot see in herself. Yeah. She, she threw a very extreme process is attempting to, you know, feel what it, more than anything, she wants to feel what it feels like to just be someone else, like to experience how they feel just going through a day. It's really more about that than it is the out, the outer, um, which is kind of why, like, from the short film to the feature, we had all these scars on her neck in the short film, which I removed from the feature so I realized it made it all about the the, the outside, which is definitely a, a movie about that. You know, that, that theme is naturally in the movie. It's a movie about the yeah. beauty industry, which is riddled with everyone trying to look perfect, you know, whatever that means. And I think that's nat- naturally in, my, in that because the ideal is, you know, people all the time, clients, that it's really just my – hope that I can like make people just feel comfortable and good about themselves when I cut their hair. Cause, and so I think that that's naturally a huge theme in this movie that it's like a people. To, yeah. We want, we strive this, like this very superficial, for this very superficial thing that doesn't actually give us anything. And so when are we going to like learn that lesson? Um, yeah. I, I, um, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the the split screen uh, sequence because there was a, a lot about this movie that reminded me of uh, Brian De Palma. Was he an influence on on this at all, or is that just a just just a coincidence? Um, no, absolutely. You nailed. You called me out. <laughs> um, well, I, I had I I watched a lot of his films for the first time preparing for this movie and I had seen like of course Carrie a million times and Scarface like his, his bigger ones but right. for the first time I watched uh, Sisters and I watched yep. Blowout and I just you know discovered this whole plethora of Blowout. like thrillers that he has that are like freaking awesome and I'm like why have I not seen all of these movies and did you yeah, watch the Body Double I have yeah, that's what I. That's what that's what I was thinking. Body double yeah. actually was one of the things that I thought about when I was watching yeah. your film. I I was body like, double I, so, has uh, one of the greatest uh, uh, slasher gags, and I'm talking gags in comics ever. There's a scene where the killer is heading toward the woman with a giant drill, and then he gets yeah. to her. And the drill pulls out in the wall. And then you're like, oh, God, you saved. And then it shows him with about an 80-foot, then it shows him for about 20 seconds later with an 80-foot extension cord. 
and the shot music <laughs> plays when he pulls out the extension oh cord. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it always it always stinks when you're planning on murdering someone and you don't bring yeah. all the right supplies. Oh yeah. man, yeah. Oh man. But yeah, but, yeah. He has so many great films, and I didn't plan. I, I discovered those like sisters specifically because I read about a whole plethora of movies that were dealing with the this like the the theme of like the double or the doppelganger idea. And not always right. like literally oh. like it is in Sisters, but like even figuratively, like in say like uh, Three Women or Persona, and those yeah. are all. And you need to I see Raising Cain. Raising Cane. That one takes doppelgangers to an insane level. Yes, <laughs> I need. To I see think it, it yeah. might be a quadruple ganger. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that and it, are you going to be at CreepyCon itself this weekend? I am, and I will have the super fancy Blu-ray for sale for the stylist if anyone wants it. And if somebody already has uh, uh, the Blu-ray and brings it to the con, can they get it signed for free? Yes. Awesome. Now that's cool, Nate. If you have the Blu-ray and you mail it to her, she'll she'll autograph it and the poster inside of it and send it back to you. Uh, when when you asked that, I almost expected you to say, "Now, if someone just shows up at the con with the Blu-ray, can you autograph it for free?" Asking for a friend. <laughs> no, because she's already been doing that. I yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> like uh, from a story about half asleep, half dead. I'm signing the Blu-rays now. So, so another thing I wanted to mention, going back to the color palette, um, I also felt like you had um, a lot of. Uh, like Italian influences there from like yellow films. Uh, did, were, were you influenced by any of that stuff when you were working? Like, uh, like Suspiria well, or films, films like that? Just look at list on uh, Arrow. You'll see stuff like, let's see, Solange is on your list in Arrow, right, Jill? Um, it's the, the, the giallo I have on there is the, the one about the exotic dancer, which I hadn't seen until I made put that on the list. I fell in love. Oh, okay. There's actually a scene in that movie that's lit just like mine, and I hadn't seen it. So I'm like, yeah, we, <laughs> I'm actually, like, not really well. Like, of course I've seen Suspiria and, like, a lot of the bigger ones, but I'm not, like, super well-versed on the Italian film. So, like, yeah. I don't feel yeah. like that much of, a, of an influence on me, except for I do love, like, to use like dramatic lighting if we can, and um, the, you know the color yeah. palette for those films. Yeah, but is we there... we're inspired by a yeah. lot of films that I think were inspired by those, like you know uh, Neon Demon, which was a huge in, yeah. like influence on our dance. Oh God, scene, yeah, I love that. Which is totally and uh, uh, all his don't forget uh, any New York horrors that inspired the film. Wink, wink. Any New York horrors? Are we talking about yeah. Maniac? Yeah, <laughs> Maniac. <laughs> uh, that's the obvious one to 
this like it's a, like I made the female maniac. What's crazy is her being a, like it wasn't. It, it kind of went in reverse. Her the idea of her being a, a scalping and killer because you know it's obvious that's the connection. He always also did that. Put and put it on mannequin heads. But um, when I and there's that thought, one like, scene where he's dressed up like a and he does the whole hairstylist thing when he has the fancy sunglasses and the robe. Yeah. Yes, I love. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your split ends on your hair. killer. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. she, to me, the, one of the first visions for her, the idea was just like that if she's a hairstylist, like she's going to take people's hair. That was just like an obvious thing to me. It was not maniac inspired really to begin with. It was to me more of like a, a hairstylist version of Leatherface. And, but then of course it's, it's a lot like maniac, but I didn't grow up. I didn't see maniac till I was in my, you know, like a, adulthood. So I, don't, I feel like Leatherface is way, and May are way more of my inspirations with her. Um, yeah. But there's, there's, of course, once we started to write the feature, I would, I would look to both the remake and the original of Maniac for just kind of like inspiration yeah. and ideas. Well, yeah. us, old, us old folks are lucky. We had people at the video stores who just didn't give a damn. And then we'd go up like, hey, we have Maniac and this and this. Okay. Here, see ya. No, have a good weekend, kids. That's what's weird is I don't know how Maniac, like, passed me when I was younger, though, because I was always, I started watching them way too young, and Slashers were my go-to. So I'm like, how did I never watch this one? I wonder if I just saw that cover as a kid, and I was like, I don't know about that, you know, because it's, like, so sexual. Yeah. It probably creeped me out in a way that I didn't think was cool at the time. You know, I was too young to appreciate Oh, that cover the, is yeah. creepy, that. especially yeah, and, and you and see that line out of context. Really yeah. <laughs> and it has that line that's out of context in the movie, you know, I told you not to go out tonight. Yeah. And you think that yeah. it's the killer threatening that, and it's the killer talking to himself once you see the movie. Yeah. yeah. And Stephen and I talk about this all the time. Like, when I was young, my parents were very permissive about what we were allowed to watch, what we were allowed to read, what we were allowed to listen to. I actually joke about this all the time. Growing up, the only thing my parents ever took away from me was a Cheech and Chong record. But they had no... They they had... They had no problem with me going down to the video store and renting Solo. Like, <laughs> you know. They definitely did not know what Solo was. <laughs> no, no, no. They, no, they did not. Um, like, and But like Stephen says, you know, like I grew up in a small town in New Jersey, so you'd go to the video store and the guy, you know, the guy behind the counter knew me, so he'd always be like, Hey, have you seen this yet? And he'd be sliding me like Solo and Maniac and Last House on the Left, and just like, hey, check this out, kids, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, right. and what? And also, sadly, <laughs> see, Texas Chainsaw Massive going to have John Dugan, at, uh, uh, who played Grandpa. Uh, Texas Chainsaw yeah, so excited to see John. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is going to have the guy that plays Leatherface. 
And the third one is just going to have a crap load of the crew. <laughs> uh, who who played who played Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre two? I thought Gunnar Hansen played right him. Now. No, yeah, I thought Gunnar uh, Hansen. R. A. Manoloff, I think. Because you know, uh, I told you this. Gunnar um, only when played I... Leatherface in the first one. Then he retired up into Maine. Uh. Until yeah. he came out of hiding when uh, Pangoria started its weekends, and then he did. Uh, most people forget that uh, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers was Gunnar Hansen's uh, one of, I think, his second or third film, because I keep thinking he was in The Demon Lover, too. Right. Yeah, I I told you, like, uh, when I first moved to Maine, I lived, like, 20 minutes down the road from him, and he and I became pretty good friends. Uh, I used to see him all the time because the movie theater that was in our neighborhood was halfway between his house and halfway between my house, so we'd end up going to the movies together all the time. So he was a wicked cool guy. Yeah. What the hell? You went to the movies with Gunnar Hansen all the time? Yep, I, I did. <laughs> That's the coolest yep. thing I ever heard. I only like met him at yep. a convention, you know, for like five seconds, and those aren't always no, the experiences. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he literally he literally lived like twenty uh, twenty minutes down the road from me, and the first time I met him, uh, they were actually doing a showing of Texas Chainsaw Massacre at that movie theater, and I was twenty five years old at the time. And I had a Leatherface action figure. And so I took it to the showing. And after uh, after I saw the movie, I asked him to autograph it. And then I talked to him for a while. And I was like, yeah, I just live a little ways down the road. And he was like, me too. And then we just kept running into each other at the movie theater because we were always going to see the same movies. So then we just started going to the movies together. <laughs> you know, we're like, well, we both know we're going to be there. So let's just go together. You know, so yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, he was a wicked nice guy. He was really cool. And his wife, uh, or I, I, I think it was his wife, maybe just his uh, girlfriend at the time, but uh, she was really nice as well. Yeah, that that was a yeah, that was a fun time in my life. And uh, we actually we actually knew the woman who owned the movie theater, so she'd let us bring beer in there. So we could we could go in and drink beer at the movie theater while we watched uh you know whatever we were watching. It, yeah, it was a fun time. It's a fun time in my life. <laughs> well, Central's cut out the middleman. You can buy your beer there. <laughs> yeah, I mean most movie theaters you can now, but this was like I said 25 years ago when I was 25 years old. Most movie theaters didn't sell beer, so, you know. But yeah, but, it's going to be yeah. an all-day thing is Texas a master thing just because even just because of the Q and A is probably going to be taking up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can just see there Jill asking questions and William doing his normal wrap it up and start getting nervous uh, dance he does in the back. That's always funny <laughs> to see, isn't it, Jill? <laughs> Here, wait, I re- I pulled up the list. We actually have Leatherface from 2, which is, um, his name on here says Big Bob 
Elmore, but his name oh, yeah, is Bill Elmore. Johnson. I'm confused. Yeah, Bill Johnson. Or at least that's who's yeah. credited as Leatherface in the film. Yeah, Big Bob um, Elmore, Bill Johnson, yeah. I've met it's him before. I think a... I actually let him lick my chainsaw tattoo because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> 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 but yeah, R.A., yeah. uh, my, I cannot pronounce his last name correctly, Leatherface in part three will be there too, so we're going to have just Leatherfaces yeah. everywhere, so watch out. And Jeff Burr, <laughs> who's one of the coolest people you can ever meet? You know, I want to rewatch part three before I even get down there so that I'm extra prepared because I've seen one and two gazillion times, part three probably only a few. And I have it, of course, but... I need to watch well, it Well, it's sad how bad they <laughs> cut that movie to shreds. And I'm not just talking about the violence. Like uh, any <laughs> scene that had overt intense that Beagle Mortensen's playing a gay cowboy was cut. Man. <laughs> Why like I rewatch it think, uh, knowing that. Yeah, there is this one line where both of them are tied to the chairs, and she looks at him and goes, what are you going to do? You're going to rape me? And then he just turns around and goes, oh, honey, if I did, I wouldn't rape you. <laughs> and then you see the boy over there going, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I, I, uh, I'm the same, uh, I'm on the same page as, as Jill. I have seen the original Chainsaw Massacre and Chainsaw Massacre 2 hundreds of times, but, uh, I barely remember Chainsaw Massacre 3. I, I, I've probably only seen that once or twice in my life. I, I've seen, uh, Texas Chainsaw, The New Generation with uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I've seen that yeah. more, than I've seen part, more than I've seen that than part, more than I've seen part three. I think I've seen that one once. Only good thing about that movie is Matthew. Everything else is just... You know, I've only seen that one a couple of times too, but I remember really liking part three and then not watching it a lot. So I don't know. I, I'm excited to rewatch it now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's, yeah, got, I it's got the cover well, with the chainsaw that says the Saw's family on it. Family, so that yeah, yeah, the, extra that, cool. yeah, that's that is all I remember about Texas Chainsaw Massacre three is well, the Saw is family. The best thing about the second one. When uh, he catches her with stretch, the saw, the saw is family. Sex? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that but is, who, that, this is just going to be a packed weekend for Jill. And I could just probably tell that she's probably just excited as can be. She gets to host <laughs> her favorite film. Oh my God! Very, very excited! I'll be, and to be at the convention all weekend too. Yeah. Yeah. And how much and is it, or are tickets sold out yet for it? I do not know this information. <laughs> I don't think I know that. that. <laughs> well, I can tell you real quick: it's thirty dollars for the ticket. But thirty dollars oh, oh, for, for all three. For leather, three we're talking about chainsaw. Um, yeah, no, it's not yeah. sold out. You should yeah. get your tickets now. If it's not yeah, sold it's out. Thir- I should yeah. know this information. 
I see you prepared well for this. I I see you prepared well for this interview. (laughs) Well, she doesn't care. All she cares about is she gets to be the whole, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I don't do that side of any of (laughs) this. Yeah. Yeah, it's $30 for everything. You get the movies, the Q&A. Are the audience going to be able to ask questions? Absolutely. Yeah. The more the merrier. So support Central and keep definitely support Central because they're pretty much the coolest theater in Knoxville now. No question. And if you show up, you know, at 4 p.m., you can watch The Stylist right before your triple feature. (laughs) Yeah, you need to split it up. The, well, the stylist, yeah, that would be a great never, Saturday. Never, never, n- never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Say what? Uh, but if you don't uh, break it up, it's time hey. to break it up until Sunday. Hey, it was, on, it was on my top ten list. It's like number three for the year. You're too nice it, to me. <laughs> no, it wasn't that good. And that's in the year where yeah. Psycho Gorman came out and others. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, when we were putting together our top ten list, uh, we we obviously we do our uh, podcast once or twice a week, so we're always putting together our favorite films of the year. And uh, yeah, the stylist came up over and over and over again. We talked about it quite a bit on on our past episodes like it it really is a great movie you did a great job uh it, it's amazing Thank i'm really you. i'm really i'm really happy for you really proud of you you did a great job it, and uh, like i said the short film is amazing too anyone who hasn't seen either the short film or the feature film should watch both because they're both yeah the 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 short film pulled me in and the feature length just landed you know landed the plane i guess is that a term? Yeah. <laughs> it is now. It's the first wave of films without going into detail. But we're talking to Jill right now. We'll go into detail once Jill uh, leaves. It was like a three-point swish from halfway down the court backwards. That's how good the lineup is so far. Oh, my gosh, the Knoxville lineup. Yes, I've been so excited to, for us to finally announce it, and we've got a few more. We're waiting. To I know, you like, there's more? Well, of course he had Hell that yeah. team's night because Ricky Bates and the Knoxville Horror Festival is just like bonding. Yeah. We're always trying to show his films every, whenever they come out. I love yeah. how... You know, Ricky Bates films. Are, I've whenever I'm trying to explain him to some, his work to someone who hasn't seen it yet, I'm like, I don't know where to begin. It's just very weird and incredible and smart and fucking out of, like so weird. They're like dramas, like laced with weird ass horror and so many different genres mixed together. I love his stuff. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the animated film, just dang, we'll get we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, it's one hour and twenty two already. We've already wasted our thirty minutes designated by Jill. 
Oh, and we don't have no worries. And we okay, but yeah, I mean the lineup so far that people wouldn't know is uh, well, possession, new re re uh, remaster, which I can't wait to see on the big screen. I have a con- yeah, I have a crazy confession. I've never seen possession. And I'm so fucking excited. This is how I'm going to see it in 4K. Well, there's two times to see Possession. Once when you're young and innocent, you won't get it. A lot of that stuff will be confusing. And the second time after you've had a horrible breakup, then the movie will make (laughs) perfect sense. (laughs) Perfect sense. Oh, well, then I guess there's probably about 10 times in my life I should have watched it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's the beta test, which I looked, and it looks good. Yeah, I'm interested in that one, too. But unlike you two, I'm not going to actually be able to be at the Knoxville Festival, obviously, because, oh, no. you know, <clears throat> I live thousands of miles away. So um, There's people that come and, in for it. I mean, from thousands yeah. of miles away, and I'm being serious. <laughs> well, good... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not denying that, but you know, yeah. I have a day job. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm doing podcasts three or four times a week. Uh, I have a wife. I have kids. You know, I can't just jump up and be like, "Hey, and... let's go off to Knoxville." <laughs> yeah. Let's see, uh, King Knight, which of course. Ricky Bates, I can remember it was about two years ago. I was about to have him on my show, then all of a sudden he said, okay, I'm going to make this movie. No studio will finance this script. Screw it. So we got King Night Out of it, which is a film about nice, loving witches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have had the pleasure of seeing The Feast and... You guys are in for a insanely fucked up movie. It's a, it's a Welsh film, and I, I think it's the first film I ever saw that's a Welsh film, and it was just, it's fucking, and it's one of those slow burns that will just, like, melt your brain by the end of it. Yeah, like, that's, in all awesome. the reviews I've looked up, that's what it says. It says, just go with it and wait for the last bit, and then it, your mind will just boom. <laughs> and see that's th- those are my favorite types of of horror movies i i i know we were talking earlier about like slasher movies that we were all fans of um when we were uh growing up and you know of course i love a good slasher movie but that's more kind of just like a mindless i'm gonna do some bong hits and you know just watch some teenagers get murdered for a while but I really yeah. love a good slow a good slow burn horror movie. I really love, you know, something that like, you know, um uh one of my favorite movies from the last few years was the The Invitation. I loved that movie. Um and I know Steven's seen it. Um have Me you seen too. it, Jill? Yeah, I yeah. love that. Love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love that movie. Like it's just like it just creeps and creeps and creeps and creeps and then it has that slam bang ending like oh that was a great flick. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. William yeah. is always good for programming things like that. 
Like, uh, the biggest shocker at the last fest I got to go was the Clove Hitch Killer. That's so crazy you bring that up. I I just watched that that movie. I just watched that movie for the second time this morning. Uh, My wife had never seen it, and she asked me about it, and I was like, well, let's just watch it. And we watched it, and she was – and Jill doesn't know – uh, Steven and I talk about this quite frequently on the podcast, but my wife is not a big horror fan at all. Her favorite director is Wes Anderson. Those are the types of movies that yeah. she likes. So, like, yeah. we went to see Su- we went to see Suicide Squad. She was not impressed. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> what do you think she, of it? Uh, what did my wife think of it? Yeah, the Colvitz Killer. Oh, the Clove Hitch Killer. No, she liked that. Yeah, because it didn't... What? It's not that she doesn't like stuff that's creepy. She just doesn't like stuff that's ultra-violent. You know, like... Um, she... So again, Jill doesn't know, but because she's not on the show every week, but I'm contractually obligated every week to mention that Quentin Tarantino is my favorite director. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so my wife likes Quentin Tarantino movies up until, like, you know, say like uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the last scene where Brad Pitt's smashing people's faces into the countertop and, you know, stabbing people and sicking his dog on people. She liked it up until then. But after that, she was like, yeah, that was a bit much for me. You know, it's, she she just she's not a, she's not averse to horror. She just doesn't like violence. And when I showed her the trailer yeah. for Suicide Squad, she was like, well, this looks like it's going to be a fun and funny. And she yeah. likes James Gunn. She likes James Gunn. She likes the yeah. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So Is this too she violent? She was like, yo, it was way too violent for her. I turned to her at the end of the movie, and I was like, well, that was fun. And I got the daggers. <laughs> but, yeah, I, what I love about the clove hit, Killer. And it got Jelly uh, McDermott the best actor award at the festival. And he said that Dylan really shocked him because he was like, I want best actor. Where's my award? <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. We never, we don't get the chance to see him because, you know, all performers end up getting typecast in their, in some way that we just, see them and, and it is so hard I feel like for them to get other roles to see him in something like this he's fucking creepy as hell <laughs> and he's sad yeah. as hell too I mean he tries yeah. his best not to to be a good boy you know <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah you know I love those sad creepy serial killer type things <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, you're you you've you got you've got man <laughs> you've got manhunter on heavy rotation, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and you me- and you but, mentioned Zodiac. You mentioned Zodiac yeah. earlier, so. <laughs> yes. And yeah. the last one that they announced besides the ones that are going Am I right that all of the 80s films, the pop films are going to be at the drive-in? Yeah. We've got, yeah. which I'm so excited, the fucking heavy metal madness trick-or-treat. Yeah, trick-or-treat. 35th anniversary. 
Snowball. <laughs> and we got popcorn. Mm. And Friday the 13th yeah. final chapter. And the fog. The fog I'm fucking excited for to see that at the drive-in. Hopefully it's yeah. foggy. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Yes, uh, Stephen and I actually, went, before we started a podcast, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but we actually, uh, we have a website where we uh, were writing movie reviews for quite a few years before before we uh, started the podcast. And uh, yeah. Trick or Treat was one of the movies that we wrote about that way back in the day. That was No, probably... we didn't write about the good one. We wrote about the horrible one that has David Carradine in it. And you just basically like... <laughs> Why do you want me to write about write about that one, you son of a? No, I think I think we compared all three. I think we compared all three movies yeah. with the title "Trick or Treat" in our article. I, <laughs> I don't but know, yeah, man. It was twelve years. It was twelve years ago, yeah, and marijuana yeah. is a hell of a drug. And popcorn <laughs> is fun and underrated. Oh, there's yes. the, there's the real star, the stylist right there. Yeah, I hear, you hear her. her barking. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm the star. I'm the... It's like, why am I not being interviewed right now? Yeah. There's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the one that I that's made my jaw drop when I seen the trailer is Spine of Night. Good Lord, I can't wait to see people's reaction to that. I'm excited yeah, to see I, it uh, myself. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you mentioned that one to me earlier, I was hoping you were going to tell me that that was going to be one of the ones at the drive-in because that looks like uh, a film that would be amazing to see on a drive-in screen. I mean, it looks like um it looks like it's just going to be like an amazing feast for the eyes, you know. And this is a thing about me that I mention quite often um, with all the streaming services that we have and the fact that, you know, you know, my wife and I have four TVs and tablets and cell phones and, you know, everything like we watch movies and TV shows in all different ways around the house. But when we see a movie that looks really visually exciting, we definitely go to the movie theater. We've got three movie theaters here in, in our neighborhood and we've got two art theaters and one uh, theater that just shows major, major releases. So we get a good cross section of films here. I doubt that one will come here, but I would love to see that on the big screen and I would especially love to see it on the drive-in, but the closest drive-in from here is about an hour away, so we don't really have access Another to the drive-in. Another that uh, made my jaw drop about it when I looked up information, and I, Jill probably knows this, is that it took them five years to make this movie because they wanted to get every frame right. I do not know about this movie, and now you guys are just hyping me up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like they said, they said, we spent five years on this movie to make sure we got every little frame right in the animation. It looks like a cross between heavy metal and uh, Bocce's Fire and Ice, real Frank Bazetta stuff. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it looked like it, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 
animated, obviously, but I thought it also had some elements of Kill Bill Volume 1 in it. It kind of looked like that with some of the sword fights and stuff that were going on in there. So, But yeah, this is going to be good. And there's more to come. But this weekend, go meet Jill at CreepyCon. And then if you like her, go ha- go give William Mahaffey $30 and go hang out and watch Texas Chainsaw Maskers all evening with her. And then watch your movie. Or watch your movie and hang, hang out and watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre films with her. Hey, either way is good. Wait, Jill directed a movie? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you say that's the best way to spend your Saturday is uh, watch The Stylist and then watch all three movies? I would say and that would Texas be a Chainsaw great Masters? way to spend it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that would be a great way to spend the day. Forty dollars right there. Ten for the ten to watch uh, the star who's heard in the background and uh, the first three Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. Good Lord, Jill! You have to be like a giddy little geek now with this way this year is turning out for you. (laughs) I'm very excited. I cannot wait to come down to Knoxville. I'm excited to come down twice this year. I always come for the festival in October, but very excited to come down just in a few days, actually. So, uh, Jill, are you working? Are you working on a new film now, or are you uh, just working, uh, concentrating on promoting the stylist, or do you have a new film in the works? It's all the things. Um, I have a couple every, every, very, every of the yeah, things. Yeah, very early. <laughs> like in very early. Nowhere, I'm nowhere near sh- like shooting something. I wish. I freaking wish. Um, but I've got a couple projects that I'm like I'm the director on that have been written by other people that we have at like different phases. Like one, we're trying to attach a, some cast and then another we're just about to start sending out, which is a project that I'm working on with Adam Caesar, who wrote the novel uh, Clown in the Cornfield that's pretty big right now, and uh, Jamie Nash, who wrote uh, Exist and Lovely Molly and uh, pretty much everything that Ed Sanchez has directed since Blair Witch Project. Um, Yeah. So we're working on this crazy project together I'm pretty excited about, but nothing that's close enough to talk about in detail. I wish, I wish, I wish. Um, The only sad thing about about this... making a music video. Yeah. The only sad thing about this year's festival, this will be the first festival, and I don't know how long, that doesn't have a new film from Jill in it. Uh Oh, I better make something. Yeah. (laughs) Real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've had shorts or something playing. Yeah. Well, you have, a, you have an iPhone. You have an iPhone and a dog. You got everything you need. You know, like <laughs> we'll make a little something with pepper. Yeah, a special. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> like Robert Rodriguez said when he made El Mariachi, he's like, yeah. I've got a guitar case and a turtle, 
I'm going to make a movie. You know, yeah. you just got to work with what you got. <laughs> and uh, thank you for being on. And people, just go out to Central this thank week you. and have some fun or go to CreepyCon and meet Jill and the rest of the people that will be at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Heck, this is like a gold mine for Texas Chainsaw Massacre films in the Knoxville area this weekend. Yes, sir. And definitely support Central Cinema. All they're always showing cool, crazy old movies and you know new, weird genre stuff that the big theaters are too afraid to show. Oh, and if <laughs> and if this is your first time at Central, don't worry if there's cats jumping on your car or at the door, because they have a whole <laughs> bunch of cats that live there. Uh. All right, yeah. Support the festival. Well, thank you guys. Support support the support the festival. Support independent cinema and uh, support our our girl Jill. She's uh, she's yeah. making it. She's doing it. She's doing it for the ladies. So and she's doing it for you too. So watch her movie, you morons. <laughs> <laughs> and thank watch a playlist on uh, Shutter <laughs> and the short film playlist, so you can see all other great. <laughs> Uh, female directed short films that Jill picked. Cool. Hell yeah. Well, thank you guys. I have. Sh- Thanks thank for being too. on. It was great. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Have a lovely night, and yeah. I'll see you this weekend. Even I'm assuming. <laughs> no, I'm saving my money to go to Deep Cover. I've been bugging William for about three years to play it, so I have to go see that one. <laughs> okay. Uh oh, I'm right, in trouble. Guys. That means when I get to the festival, she's gonna throw something at me. Hey, you! Pencil. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Either way, I'll see you in October. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Oh, and there's a new rule at the Indoor Festival this year, which I do love and appreciate. And all you anti-vaxxers are not going to like it, which is no V-card, no ticket for the indoor showings. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know. At uh, Up here, um, the there the line is moving up here um like some places are saying you know if you're fully vaccinated you don't need to wear a mask other places are saying uh you know everyone please wear a mask uh uh but you don't you don't have to show your card you you know you just kind of wander in and I always have a mask with me just in case, but I'm fully vaccinated, so I don't ever put it on unless it's specifically mandated by the business that I'm going into. But yeah, um, but my office has gone back to full full masking. Um, uh, you have to wear a mask in the office again now, so I have well, to wear a mask all day at work. They forgot how ugly you were, but a bunch. <laughs> They're like, oh my God! Look oh, at this face, God. Put masks on, everybody. We don't want to see it. <laughs> I, 
Well, I grew my beard back out. I grew my beard back out, and I thought that would be enough to fool them that I had a mask on, but no, nope, they yeah. didn't fall for it. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I do agree with that. Until we get this cut down, if you want to go to the indoor, all those goodies, you have to be willing to pay the price, and that is give your vaccination cards. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people whining and griping about it, but it's his it's his it's his toy box. He can tell you what you how to play with it. Yeah, I don't understand what all all this pushback is about. Like, all right, if you don't want to get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. But I don't understand all the pushback about people saying, oh you've got the vaccine and you have to show your card to prove that you got the vaccine. Um, yeah, I'm 50 years old and I still have to show my ID to buy booze. I mean, come on, man. If I get pulled over, I have to show my driver's license to prove that I'm legal to drive. I have to Let's show my, I don't at 50 years old. We pray for them to want a card. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But, Please don't but, uh, but you me. know, I, I don't look old. I don't look old. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't understand why there's so much pushback about, like, with all the restaurants and the comedy clubs and the movie theaters and all the stores opening up again. I don't understand why you just wouldn't want to be able to just show your vaccination card and say, I'm vaccinated. And if you don't have a card, then just put a friggin mask on if, as especially if you don't intend on getting vaccinated, you know, like uh, I, I'm kind of confused about the science of the masks and, you know, my wife's a doctor and she's tried to explain it to me, but I thought the science of the masks was supposed to be to keep your germs away from other people. Uh, so I don't necessarily think that if you haven't been vaccinated you need to wear a mask because the vaccinated people should be safe but now they're talking about all the different variants of the of the disease and how even if you're vaccinated you can still get sick so okay if you're not vaccinated then put a friggin mask on but if you are vaccinated why would you be opposed to showing your vaccination card to be able to go into a place without a mask on i i don't understand why people are pushing back against that and you get people know. like Mar get people like Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, This is just like the Holocaust when you had to wear a gold star on your shirt. Uh not quite. <laughs> so Well, if you remember <laughs> uh going back to the show topic, when it first came out, people were pissed off at Texas Chainsaw Massacre too because it had the balls. And the gall to actually be funny. <laughs> yeah, right? face isn't funny. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two is the best of the series, but uh, but it does it does definitely have a tonal shift. But I mean, a lot of series did that like think about evil dead versus evil dead 2 and army of darkness you know like there are a lot of series that take a tonal shift and a lot of it i think is uh financial you know you you don't have a lot of money to make the first movie 
And um, you remember Tim Burton's Ed Wood movie and uh, Johnny Depp playing Ed Wood uh, to make, to make plan nine from outer space. He uh, appeals to the church and he says, what you want to do is make a movie in an established genre. And then if it's a hit, you'll make money and you can make whatever you want for your next movie. And I, I think uh, both Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, kind of established, uh, you know, it's that same kind of mindset. They didn't establish it, obviously, but it's that same kind of mindset. They had a little bit of money. And again, going back to what I said earlier about Robert Rodriguez, you know, you've got a guitar case, you've got a turtle, make a movie, you know, um, yeah, with Stan, uh, Stan, you know, you know, Sam Raimi's like, I've got a, I've got a car and I've got a cabin and a couple of friends. Let's do that. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They were like, we've got a chainsaw and a pickup truck. Let's make a movie, you know, like, um, yeah, I, but if I, you I think, think about lot... it, it is logical because the, the first one was set in the seventies and it was very angry, come from an angry part of the seventies and the eighties one was basically making fun of the whole yuppies and yuppie culture. Yep, right. Like in the first one, when What's-Her-Name showed up in there, uh, he was like stabbing her with the stick, and then the second was like, are you from that damn Korean joint? They're always fucking mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> right. And of course, my favorite line yeah. from the movie, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and if you ask me, there ain't enough damn dog. <laughs> uh, my favorite dog-eat-dog joke is from Cheers. Every yeah. time Norm comes into the bar, they're always like, how's it going today, Mr. Peterson? And there's one episode where he says, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, I love three. I mean, I just always loved three, three more than you two did. I mean, it's one of those films I just, I just, I just like. I love the soundtrack to it. I love the tone. It was like some insane thing, and I could tell that there was something there because they barely show it. Like Vigo wearing that flowerly apron around the house. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny because uh, I don't know. Uh, the other night, Abby and I were talking about uh, like uh, trilogies or not trilogies, but just like franchises. And uh, you've seen the preview for the new Halloween movie, right? And it has yeah the little Easter. It has the Easter egg with the three kids tied on the merry-go-round and they're wearing the masks from Halloween 3, right? And so I mentioned to Abby and I said, most people don't like Halloween 3, but it's actually my favorite Halloween movie. And then she said, well, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 is your favorite too. And I was like, you're right. And then I was like, but my favorite Friday the 13th movie is 4. But then we started digging through like all of the movies and trying to figure out like what my fa- like what my favorite movie from every uh, franchise was, and 
at the at the end of the conversation, she's like, you really like part threes. Like, you're always into a part three. Like, a part three is always your favorite. And she's not wrong. I like more part threes than anything else when it comes to franchises. Well, with Elm it's easy to explain. Number one, it was held by Wes Craven, Wes Craven's script. Number three, Wes Craven's script. New Nightmare, Wes Craven written, Wes Craven directed. That's not kind of a shock. <laughs> yeah, uh, but who did direct part three? That was uh, the, the same dude that directed uh, who? Chuck Russell. Oh, I thought it was uh, what's his face that directed the friggin' pirate movie with uh, no, uh, with Matthew, Matthew directed Re- MTV Rennie Har- Freddy, the fourth one. Rennie Harlan. I I thought he directed part three. I didn't, but no, he yeah. did four. MTV Freddy, where yeah, like right. Someone vomited neon all over it. Yep. Yeah. I don't think I've I I don't think I've ever cared for any Rennie Harland movies. Did, can you think of any movie of his that you ever really liked? Uh, Mine Hunters. Uh, de- definitely The Long Kiss Goodnight. If you don't like Samuel Jackson in The Long Kiss Goodnight, there's something wrong with you. Or well, Brian I... Cox in The Long Kiss Goodnight. I guess I did kind of like the long kiss goodnight. Uh, but, I mean, I don't remember it. It didn't... I, I wasn't it's really super with, uh, into Gina it. Gina Davis says the assassin with the memory loss and uh, Samuel Jackson plays like the dirty cop in it who has to become a private eye because he got caught stealing money. Which is yeah, one of the best times of... in the movies. He's like, my partner read it out, and they found the bonds in the, they found that stolen bonds in the damn bag. And she was like, were you framed? Hell no, I stole them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, I, I remember, like I said, I've only seen it once, but I remember it being kind of like, uh, uh, like a, earlier more comedic version of like the Jason Bourne movies like she didn't remember she was an assassin until yeah she was yeah until it was awakened within her or you know whatever um yeah so. but Brian Cox is great I'm in the PTA then quit <laughs> yeah Brian Cox is well he was always great he passed away didn't he I, no, yeah. he's still around, but oh, yeah, I thought, he's I always he had, great. But yeah, always I thought, well, been, excuse me. But the funny thing is, always the Knoxville Horror Fest, every year I've went to it, it's always upended my top ten list, and I'm like, okay, this one goes there, there, there. This year, the one I'm really looking forward, like I said, is the Spine of Night. That one looks like it's going to be the surprise of the festival. Yeah. But then again, I watched heavy metal a lot as a kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> and not yeah. just for the nudity. 
<laughs> oh, my sure, not just. No, really, my favorite part of heavy metal was Captain Stern. Yeah. Hanging's too good for him. Shooting's too good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Or uh, B-19 Bomber, the zombie film that uh, Dan O'Bannon directed. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think Dan O'Bannon is kind of like a really... uh, I think he's really underrated as a director because like uh, we were talking earlier, um, he has a very distinct vision uh, when it comes to his directing style. And he has a very distinct color palette as well. Like we were talking about earlier. So yeah, yeah, I think he, uh, well, most of his films, most people don't know he directed like uh, how many people, probably watched a B-17, B-19 bomber, like, that's cool, man. I'm like, Dan O'Bannon directed that. He did, didn't he? Dan O'Bannon wrote <laughs> Alien. Wow, yeah. What? <laughs> he did what? <laughs> yeah, most people yeah. just know him from uh, Return of the Living Dead. Which I will agree is my favorite film of his. Uh, but you know, that crosses over because, you know, he wrote it and directed it, you know? Um, yeah. And he got called in at the last moment when, uh, they had to fire, uh, Toby Hooper because he was doing a little bit too much of his favorite thing to do in the (laughs) eighties. Take he he was just taking his medicine, Stephen. Just taking his medicine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking of uh, speaking of heavy metal, though, um, heavy metal had one of my favorite stories in it uh, in the actual magazine. It wasn't in the movie, but do you remember the heavy metal story? Uh, where the guy and his wife were living in the fallout shelter and he would put on the suit, uh, you know, the radiation suit every day and go out to look for food and stuff. And yeah. it it turned out that there had never been a nuclear war and he was just going up out of the fallout shelter uh, just to get away from his wife every day, going to the bar, hanging out with his friends, <laughs> then going to, the gro- go, going to the grocery store and buying groceries and then coming back to the fallout shelter. Yeah, I, heavy metal was great in the 80s, the, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it was kind of like, it seemed almost kind of like an extension of uh, Tales from the Crypt, you know, there were a lot of twist endings and there were a lot of weird, yeah. um, you know, just a lot, lot of weird, like... Uh, uh, yeah. Let's see, uh, Harry Canyon I loved. Well, I don't think there pretty much was a bad segment in the movie. Canyon, Tarna, of course, then. Who would have thought that John Candy would play... A, would do a good Conan the Barbarian style badass. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, 
one of the things I'm most intrigued about with the the Spine of Night, which again is mm-hmm. the movie that you're most excited about, uh, the cast is just uh, it, it's it's like all comedians, and so I'm wondering, you know, it, 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 the film itself does not look like it's at all a comedy film, but ninety percent of the cast are comedians, so. I'm wondering how much comedy there's going to be in it, you know? Uh, probably not, because they're all great voice actors who's appeared in uh, cartoons before. But yep. it not this, not like this, you know. I mean, Lu- right. Lucy Lawless was Xena. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But King uh, Knight uh, uh, is going to be hilarious. I mean, he made a movie about lovable, lovable Wiccan witches. <laughs> yeah, he said that was his goal, was it to make a movie about lovable witches? You know? Right. <laughs> I'm looking most forward to seeing what Larry Fessenden brings to the brings to the whole thing. Um, He's one of the last credited uh, in the credits, so he's probably only has a small part, probably just a scene or two. Well, but. there's a joke in it. If you're not, if you don't have Larry Fasden in your movie getting killed, you're not an independent horror film. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not untrue. Yeah. <laughs> but what we didn't mention is in between the movies, they usually have uh, three short films. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day on Saturday is going to be the Grindhouse Grindout, which is like a 48-hour <laughs> local filmmaking competition where you sign up with your crew and you draw a genre out of a hat and you have two weeks to film it, edit it, and bring it back. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I've i never, you know, I, I have made uh, a few short films of my own over the Again, it's 43 minutes, and we've lost Nate. It's like clockwork. Yep. Yep, once you I'm get sorry, past the little hour. your <laughs> microphone, I'm just going to quote the line from Up in Smoke to it. You get your goddamn shit together equipment before sundown, or I'm shipping off the military school with a goddamn Finkelstein shit, kid. Son of a it's not, bitch. It's not. It's not. It's. It's not my microphone or my mixer or any of that stuff. It's my fucking computer. I told you my other computer died, so I went to the. I went to Best Buy and I was like, I don't need an expensive computer. All I need to do is be on 
you know, all I need to do is be on my email, my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, and uh, I have a podcast a few times a week, and I like to masturbate to internet porn. That's all I need this thing for. So give me the best computer you can give me for 500 bucks. And this is the one they gave me. And every fucking time I'm on a podcast, it doesn't matter whether it's ours or whether I'm a guest on someone else's <laughs> podcast, one hour in, uh, yeah, it just, fu- it think just that, fucking hangs uh, up. You could do that, pull a whole thing. You're not out a script for like a five-minute short film. You can make it a movie yeah, no, trailer that- or whatever. And yes. you don't even know what genre you're doing until you draw it out of a hat. If I okay, so I do have a home studio, uh, not just for music, but I do have a green screen. I have a really nice camera, and I have video editing equipment. So I could put together something, but it would pro- I, I would probably go with uh, a trailer that would probably be my go-to because it would be faster and easier. Um, but, you know, I've like, that's what I was saying before my phone cut out. Um, I've done four short films that I've written and co-directed and uh, starred in. And, you know, we've, it's generally taken us about a week to come up with the idea film it, edit it, all that stuff, you know. Um, I have done a contest in Las Vegas one time, the 24-hour novel writing contest. So you're allowed to show up with all the notes that you have for the novel that you're going to present to the judges. But then once you get there, everyone sits together in a big room and you just write your novel. You've got 24 hours to get a novel written. And at the end, whatever you've got, that's what you got to turn, uh, turn into the judges. And if you win, your novel gets published, you know, but I've done that two years and I've never even been able to finish my novel. 24 hours, just, Well, you know, whenever it gets close, if your main character is a guy, Put and then she died. And if it's a guy, <laughs> at the very end, put and then she died. Right at the part where you're stuck. You know, I got to finish my novel. They're stuck in the middle. Put and then they died. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know I've talked to you about this before. Um, you know, uh, I know Stephen King, uh, and you know when I was when I was in college, I kind of envisioned myself to be a writer before I went into like stand up comedy and you know doing like movie reviews and podcasting and stuff. You know, I I I I wrote a lot of like you know I wrote a novel I wrote a lot of poetry and short stories and stuff that I published in magazines and anthologies and stuff and I I kind of thought I was going to be the next 
great American novelist, but yeah, of isn't course, that, that funny you know. with our generation? It's really shifted. <laughs> when it started out, it was like I'm going to. It started out. I'm going to write the next great American novel. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to direct the next great, make the next great album. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm going right? to make the great American movie now. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I've I, I've kind of I've kind of you know been right there at that at a level the whole time. I mean, I've been successful in a lot of different fields, but not like majorly successful, but you know just moderately successful in a lot of different fields. But uh, I do remember having a conversation with Stephen King one time, and we were talking about his novel The Stand, and I was like, man. I was like, my novel was only like 250 pages, dude. The stand is like, you know, over 500. I think it's almost 700. And I said, how did you get there? And he said, well, he said, I wrote half of it. And then I realized I had way too many characters. So I started walking around the neighborhood trying to think about how I could clean that up. And I was like, you know what? How about I just kill half the characters in one scene and then I can manage the rest of the novel. <laughs> yeah, he's called that new he's called the stand his Vietnam in interviews. A never ending war that doesn't seem to happen. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh it's funny. He's a funny guy. Uh, uh, I ran into him one day at a at a record store, and I know you I told this see... story Wednesday. <laughs> I, 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 I told you before. I was like, yeah. "Have a nice, uh, have a nice day." He was like, "Well, that's all up to you." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah and the guy. fans uh, control the awards too. Well, they have the judges' awards, which. Jill has been part of for I I can't think of a time where she wasn't part of the judging crew and uh, but there's always the audience award the audience award for best actor the audience award for uh, best short film and the audience is the one who decides who wins and loses the grind out right So for a while you get to be that arrogant bastard that's like at the head there like I am here. Entertain me. Make me want to vote for your film, you bastard. <laughs> so the festival the so the festival starts tomorrow, right? Or is that just the uh is that just the kickoff? That's Saturday, uh, they're just doing uh with uh the uh Take This Chainsaw Massacre thing. It's part of CreepyCon, a local convention. Right. So it's not actually there at the same location? Uh I know you mentioned to me before, and I just want to clarify because no. obviously I'm not going uh, I'm not going to be able to be there. But 
Uh, so there, there's multiple. Are there going to be multiple theaters and then the drive-in, uh, or is it's, it just yeah, one? Half, one? It's going to be yeah. October the 21st, 24th. The Outdoor, which is the Fog, Friday 13th Part Four, Popcorn and Trick or Treat is going to be at the Parkway Drive-in. You don't need no vaccination card for that. Anyone can buy a ticket. And the indoor stuff, which is uh, so far, Possession, the Beta Test, King Night, the Feast, and Spina Night is going to be at Central. And there's more to be announced for that. So I suspect that Possession, the Beta Test, King Night, and the Feast, and Spina Night might be Saturday's film. Yes, they start out early and... uh, in about the film's about nine o'clock, and then from nine to ten is the grind out. So that's when they're going to be showing all of the films uh, from the people who uh, pulled pulled the genres out of the hat and made their short films. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And Sunday yeah, um, will be more films, and Sunday will be more films, more sh- uh, shorts, and then the closing ceremonies, which is the awards. Or they'll do the awards and then show the closing film. We used to do uh, something similar uh, to what you're what you're describing uh, for the grind out. Um, we used to, there used to be a theater here. I, it, the theater is still here, but um, they haven't done it for a while. But um, stand-up comedians used to go there and you'd bring uh, like a three or four page script that you wrote of a, of a sketch. And um, the people who wanted to act out your sketch would put their names in one uh jar and all of the directors and writers would put their names in another jar so every time that it would you know to put on a put on an act uh the judges would pull out a name so it would be like Nate Bradford okay so I bring my script up and then he'd pull out however many actors I needed to act it out then you had 10 minutes to direct everybody they were allowed to have the copies of the script with them on stage they didn't have to memorize it in 10 minutes but uh but yeah you had 10 minutes to give them direction and then they acted out your uh your script that that was a fun that that was a fun thing that we did for a few years but yeah, yeah. i i don't think obviously it dropped off during covid and it might come back again but uh it was pretty fun yeah yeah, hopefully everything will come back to normal, but I doubt it will. We're going to have to get used to the new normal no matter how much. We're going to have to drag people kicking and screaming into it. Yeah, they say 50% of the country is vaccinated, but, you know, it's it, if if the virus you know continues what to mutate. are uh, doing now? Do you remember when you was in college? Yeah, making fake (laughs) vaccination cards. 
We have gone back to being in high school and making our own fake IDs that look like crap, and we think it's going to pass. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bradford, it says here you're 34 years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, actually, uh, sir, I'm. Uh, 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 actually, sir, I'm. I'm only 16. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we were talking said, about the, yeah. uh, we were joking about that earlier where we said when you're 50 years old it's nice to get carded um, mm. it is nice to get carded but I think it's hilarious because my hair is gray and my beard is gray whenever I go to buy a six pack and the guy behind the counter is like can I see your ID I'm like yeah, it's right here on my fucking head. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, when we're like in 18 to 20, it's like, goddamn motherfucking bullshit. Fuck you, here's my ID, goddamn. <laughs> and then when the first time we ain't caught, it's like, hey, don't you want to see my ID? I could be faking my age. I'm not dumb. I think the I, I I think the first time that I didn't get carded, I think I was thirty four years old was the first time I went to buy beer and I didn't get carded and, and I you mean, went home and quietly weeped. Yes. No, I have a better story than that. One day I went to the park to play basketball with my friends and on the way home, uh, I stopped and bought a bottle of wine, and it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I stopped at the store on the way home and bought a bottle of wine. I was walking, okay, because the basketball, uh, the public yeah. basketball court was just a couple blocks from my house. So on the way home, I swing by the store. I grab a bottle of wine for me and my girlfriend. I'm walking down the street. The police pull me over. And they're like, uh, can we see some ID? So I show them my ID. And I was obviously over 21. So they're like, uh, well, we're just pulling you over because you, uh, somebody stole a bottle of wine from the corner store and uh, you matched the description. And I said, was the guy carrying a basketball? <laughs> and the cops were like, mm, no. <laughs> so I was like, uh, um, <laughs> uh, Mr. Bradford, we're going to have to take you into the alley back here and have a talk with you. Oh, 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 oh quit, please. Oh. <laughs> and with that, we're going to call it quits tonight. We'll be back on Wednesday. Hopefully, we'll do, I'll think of a topic we can cruise to. We'll probably do another segment of movies that are outside of our wheelhouse because even though that was short that worked great as a short segment and yep. we might yep. bring it back again for a couple of times but for now get your ticket if you're in the knoxville area get or going come in the creepy con get tickets go watch texas chainsaw massacre 3 hang out with jill and the casting crew from texas chainsaw massacre films 
Hell, I would if I had the extra cash, but I'm a cheap bastard. <laughs> or just a bastard, your call. <laughs> and so if you want to help support uh, uh, Stephen and his desire to attend more uh, cons, uh, feel free to go to Spotify and click on our links and uh, listen to our podcast over there because we might make a little money off it. <laughs> yeah, we might get advertisers. Whoa. <laughs> I, this, whole, Whoa. this show is, is sponsored by Bradford Foot Powder. Bradford Foot Powder. <laughs> when you take off your shoes and your dog looks at, smells at your feet and is like, vomit. <laughs> Remember, folks, Bradford's foot powders for when you have steak ass feet. This show is sponsored by Stevens Man Bras. When you have man boobs and you don't stand up a lot, but you need some support, Stevens or Man Bras. Or when you're older. <laughs> And your testicles are hanging down so low that you step on them once a day. They're good for that, too. (laughs) Uh, Good night, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Okay, bye, everybody.